folks, do you see how that conversation should work? Yeah. That was so short and so easy. Exactly. And if your tax person is not having that conversation with you every year, fire them. Delays and declines that we're seeing because of the financing from not the being, SBA, from yeah. the SBA, from not being organized, what is that costing? That's a much larger number than... On today's Simple Sense, we will be talking about, do you like your CPA? Is Wait, that, do you like to... your CPA too much? Because maybe it's time to fire your CPA or your tax person. Yeah, maybe you like them too much and you're not seeing some of the little things and the errors and oversights that could be complicating your financing. Right? Complicating? You got stuff that could land you in jail. Oh, that's true. We have seen some stuff. So during our EIDL and even prior to EIDL, uh, which is economic injury disaster loan. We were doing business financing. And I was a mortgage banker. And you were a mortgage banker and you've looked at thousands and thousands of tax returns. And I think there is a confusion with people who, you know, they want to minimize their tax liability. But then when they come to securing financing for whether they need working capital for their business or they want to buy a home, they realize, oh, I'm not showing enough money here or something's not clear there. You want to share some insights? Oh, I got insights. <laughs> Most recent one, which is not the inspiration for today's show, but literally two days ago, I spoke to somebody who described some situation where this person was not disclosing all of their income. Oh, and thought it was okay. Like, oh, I didn't know. Actually, I think this person kind of acknowledged that it wasn't okay. But this person really liked their tax professional. Oh, what? They had like has been with that tax professional. It's a, a, apparently the tax person who does her tax returns is an elderly couple and they're so sweet and so nice. And I've been with them for oh. so many years, but they're so nice. She said this uh, as I was telling her to fire them. Yeah, I actually know somebody who once upon a time, their qualification for keeping their accountant was because they had never been audited. And, and what? Exactly. But then he was. Had he taken the careful scrutiny of yeah. his tax returns and compared that against other people's experiences and maybe interviewed some other tax people and CPAs along the way, he may have come to realize maybe he didn't have the greatest CPA he thought he had. Well, and by the way, just not getting audited is a ridiculous standard. Exactly. Can we just talk about when you should pay attention to something not perhaps being in your best favor for your business when it comes to your taxes or your tax professional? Well, I always defer to my baseline standards, which is what we call the Trevor Method. And that's based on, you know, the old adage, actions speak louder than words. And people's actions and behaviors tell you a lot about the quality of their character personally and professionally. In the case of a tax return, we'll start with something really stupidly simple. You want to hear what that is? Yeah. Did they spell your name correctly on the tax return? Oh, or your address. Is your address correct? I mean, actually, you're right. So benign mistakes is such as misspellings and typos on a tax return is a clear indicator that maybe the they weren't paying attention. Well, they don't care enough. They don't either care. Either about enough. their own professional standards or about you as a client. Start there. How about accessibility? As long as I was in the mortgage industry and my primary market, if you will, my niche was first-time homebuyers. And it wasn't just that I was lending them money to buy houses. It was also I would teach people how to buy a house. I would teach them the things 
that I had learned on my own when I was a first-time buyer about what it was like to be a homeowner. And one of the advice points that I gave to people was, you know, you need to engage a really good tax person because, and this is before the cap was put in place on the deduction of mortgage interest and property taxes, because my philosophy was, and maybe it's because I'm Scottish and I'm thrifty, but why should you get a giant refund check from the IRS oh, every I know. year? I know. It's, it's an interest-free loan that you made to the United States government and they're paying why you back. Why would you do that? Yeah. So if you have a competent tax tax person that you can have a conversation with about your deductions and you're withholding on your paycheck throughout the year, hey, then you can potentially put that refund into your paycheck. The only way you get there is with the guidance of a competent person who is, more than anything, accessible throughout the year. Uh And my advice to people was, okay, as soon as you buy your house, first conversation is with your tax person to discuss your W-4 withholdings form. And you should have a conversation with your tax person four times a year. And people thought I was nuts with this. I started financial planning. I was life and health and series six and 67. I don't even remember now. 63. Six and 63. You don't remember. I know. 20 years ago, I started a financial planning practice and I learned this among other things, especially with business owners, because we were working with business owners who were doing the life insurance for the partners and all kinds of strategies to preserve wealth with partnerships, if anything happened, you know, buy sell arrangements and shareholder agreements and stuff like that. So 20 years ago, I had learned of this, how people thought it was a big deal if they got a refund. It's like, no, it just means you're not managing your money most effectively during the year. Oh my gosh, I never even looked at it like that. But you're right. My my philosophy is always if you get a refund more than five hundred dollars, you're lending money to the government. So, but, but I never looked at it from that perspective. Wow, that's so smart, Lynn. Like I can't tell you how many times I had heard someone say, "I always get a big refund, so I plan a project around getting that refund." I'm like, "Why are you releasing that money that you've earned to only wait a year till you get it?" But anyway, this is my other point. I think the the startling thing because I've not been in financing like you for thirty years, but I've done. You know, I've worked with business professionals for over 20 years. And I think that to the point that you made about being thrifty when you said about being Scottish, I think one of the problems that people look at, and I'm guilty too, when you're doing cash flow management and budgeting and your accountant sends you a bill because they're doing more than just tax returns or whatever, there comes a time where you have to shift your focus on how you're spending your money and including a tax professional. It's like you got to put your big girl pants on, your big boy pants on and be a grown-up business owner with a competent tax professional because as we have been seeing now with the financing business for three years, it's a disaster. Well, people hire what I call LCD, lowest common denominator tax persons. And often the LCD standards that the business owner has for hiring a tax person mm-hmm. is the cost. Well, And if cost is your point of entry, you need to rethink your whole idea about how you even run a business. Because what is it costing you when you find out that you didn't have the best quality tax professional or that your financial documents weren't in the best quality shape? You're missing out on the working capital that delays and declines that we're seeing because of the financing from, not the, being, SBA, from yeah. the SBA from not being organized. What is that costing? That's a much larger 
larger number than well, yeah, a, the businesses that can't get the economic injury disaster loan. Waiting months. Because of lousy tax returns. Yeah. Literally. Crappy tax returns or inaccessibility to tax people to get information they need for their application. And they're not getting this vital funding. Going back to, you know, the, the pain cost, you know, in the case of the, when we opened the show, this person I was speaking about who absolutely adores her elderly couple. She's been with them for decades. Yeah. Well, I basically in a roundabout way said to her, they're going to get you tossed in jail because with the IRS, if you don't report your income, which you're required to as an American taxpayer, it's a felony. Right. You get tossed. That's the IRS can literally throw you in jail for that. Well, I'm not going to point any fingers or throw anyone under the bus with intentional strategies. If someone thinks that they can minimize their tax liability and qualify for a lot of money when you're requesting financing, it doesn't work that way. No, it doesn't. Here's another screening standard that I have for people, especially business owners, but also people who, you know, when I was in my mortgage career, people wanted to buy houses. Here's the important element about a conversation with a tax person, CPA, when they're preparing your tax returns. The professional asks you questions about what are your future plans. Mm. So, Lynn, getting ready to do your tax returns, just reviewing some things from your past, you know, the past 12 months since we did the last turn. Going forward, are you planning to buy a house in mm -hmm. the future? With your business, are you planning, or do you think there might be a chance that you would consider doing some business credit financing in the future? Because the answer to that question, Linda helps guide me on how I should prepare your tax return because as your tax person I know that banks have a look back period yes. on your tax return ding, ding, and ding. actions that, that I take as your tax person Linda on today's tax return can resonate in the future and maybe you get a bigger refund today because I lower your liability mm -hmm. but you won't qualify for a mortgage to buy a house or for business financing in the future. Folks, do you see how that conversation should work? Yeah. That was so short and so easy. Exactly. And if your tax person is not having that conversation with you every year, fire them and get a new one. Yeah. So the other thing too, we just need to make this as a clear disclaimer. We are not tax professionals. We are not tax experts. We do not give tax advice. But what we do do is help guide business owners in various components when it comes to business financing that are instrumental and vital to the success of your financing requests. Part of this channel, Simple Sense for Small Business, is not just to prepare for financing. We actually have a channel for that, but this is for you to sustain, thrive beyond COVID, to build a business that you can be proud of, that you can enjoy the, the rewards and the success of your efforts. But with what we see in the past three years and in the past year and a half with COVID and the disaster loans, there are some learning curves that are happening right now. And they're very painful for a lot of business owners that are seeing what happens when you don't pay attention to the operations of your business. The boring stuff. Today, for our wealth and healthness segment, yeah. I have something of a left turn I'd like to make in our little conversation about tax people. I'd like to talk about vaccinations. Oh, that is a left turn. The COVID-19 vaccination. So President Biden had hoped that the United States would have turned a corner by July 4th, which was 23 days ago as of today's recording date, that the United States would be 70% vaccinated and we're not there yet. Something like 54%. Okay. And I was just reading this morning about vaccination hesitancy. 
Yes. So a couple of observations I have. Let me spout them out and then you can slam them down, slap me around. All right. But for your wealth and health, folks, (laughs) as a business owner, some observations. Number one, if you are someone who does not believe in vaccinations, okay. But if you're putting up signage or social media that has to do with your business about how that's what you believe, Mm. you're about to experience a wave of customer turnaways. I'm going to predict this now, and I'm going to tell you why. There's a little restaurant we go to occasionally, and they have the most amazing BLT. But there is a little typed-up notice on the hostess stand at the restaurant front door about how we get it. You wear a mask, and it's clear you're vaccinated, something like that. But they're basically, like, insulting folks like us who are vaccinated, which, you know, we take it in stride. Okay, that's what you believe, fine. But that is about to change. What I was reading this morning is those of us who are vaccinated are starting to get really, really annoyed with the people people who are vaccination hesitancy, because we're all like, can we just get back to normal, especially with the spread of the Delta variant? So if you're spreading the word about your personal beliefs on that, because you don't believe in vaccines, or you're putting out there about your business, I would stop doing it right now, because you're going to lose customers. And you know how hard it is to get a customer back when you lost them, Linda? Oh. One other thing, observation I have about this whole vaccination hesitancy. So I'm reading this article this morning, and they're interviewing people who are vaccination hesitant, right? And they're all like, well, you know, it's unproven and everything. Let me go on the other side of... Stop me from... Uh, Yeah, I'll have to edit some of this out, because it's sensitive opinion... Don't edit that, me, Lynn. That people, I want to be unfiltered. People are ruthless when it, you're not agreeing with their opinions. So, Except that those of us who are vaccinated are actually in the majority. So That is true. Go. There probably is a small percentage of the people who are hesitant because of potential health reasons. Like we have a neighbor who was allergic to one of the ingredients, the properties in the vaccination. In one of the vaccines. Yeah, she right. couldn't. So she had to take the other she one. She had to take the other one. I actually, because there was a coagulant in one of the vaccinations. I went with a different vaccination. I was sick after the vaccination on both. Both of them, I was sick for uh, almost 48 hours, feeling like it was a borderline migraine. I was very lethargic. But it was over with. But it was then it was over with. So, I, so big deal, right? One of the best quotes I read this morning was a woman who said, I believe that here in the United States, we have a social contract with each other. Yeah. And that that people who are not getting vaccinated are not honoring their responsibility under the social contract. If you think about it, when we all drive our cars on a highway, we're honoring a social contract. Yeah. Most of us, anyway, behave and obey speed limit laws and seatbelt laws and things like that. Well, there you have. So let me just introduce this as a means for disregard and disobedience of the rules. That's why actually now there are rules of the road and you have to take tests before you can actually drive drive on the road because, you know, there's always someone who's breaking the rules or making it difficult. But the majority of drivers. Rubbing up against the fabric of what is logical, reasonable, rational. Anyway, okay, so. Concluding wealth and wellness, if your business is opening up and, you know, you're bringing employees back and you want to attract customers, you should be paying attention to the conversation that's going on about vaccinations. So this gal over here is Linda Ray. You can't see it, but she's on my left. My name is Trevor, and this is Simple Sense for Small Business. We thank you for tuning in and hope you'll tune in to the next one, too. Bye for now.